All right, Isaiah 6. Ben, ben today, when I gave him my scriptures, he was like, you, you okay? No, I was like, yeah, I just got one scripture like set. And so um, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Stop right there. There's a new song because of Jesus Christ. They're not saying that anymore. They're saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts who was and who is and who is to come. Hallelujah. Big change there. But the earth is still full of his glory. Don't miss that part. Amen. Verse 4. The post of the door moved at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims flew to me with a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar in his hand. And he laid it on my mouth and said, This has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? I'm telling you, that cry is among the earth today. The Father God is saying today, Who is going to go for us? Who's going to go for us? Now listen, I don't usually talk a lot, a whole lot of doctrine, in, not in a teaching setting, but I want you to notice that last word before the question mark. It clearly says us. There are some people that do not believe in the Trinity. I can give you a million examples. This is one that's very clear. He does not say who's going for me. He said who's going for us. This is just good doctrine. Then he said, I, here am I, send me. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you for your anointing. We thank you for the service we felt today. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. God, help our eyes to focus on you today. In Jesus' name we pray and ask. Amen. Put verse 1 back up. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I want you to, it's so easy sometimes to maybe go to the part of the verse. And if you've grown up in church, you're going to say, man, I've heard Isaiah 6. I know this. Listen, I do too. We've read it before. Well, there's some things in this we, we have to capture as individuals. Every song, every, everything led up to what I'm going to say. The first thing you have to notice is Isaiah had his eyes and his mouth speaking and talking on the fact that Uzziah was in charge and the fact that Uzziah was this awesome king and he was prospering. And listen, no, every single believer wants America and the na all the nations to prosper by God. And Isaiah was one of those. And what had happened was Isaiah had forgotten who was really doing the prospering. He had forgotten, and if we're not careful, we will make Uzziah. It might not be our nation. It might not be anything. I'm glad what Dominique said. I am proud to be an American. I'm proud that we have religious freedom to worship God in spirit and in truth. But listen, your Uzziah might be a circumstance that only you and God know about. You might have your hope in something, and now it's dead. 
You might not seem like, how am I going to get out of this situation? How am I going to get here? Your Uzziah could be your own strength and your own effort to rid yourself of sin. I see a lot of believers that are trying as hard as they can to get free from sin when the payment was already paid through Jesus Christ. It is for freedom that he set us free. And we're discouraged and we're disappointed and we're like, we're trying. And then God shows up. In the middle of the darkness. I talked to a pastor yesterday. He said, every single week for over a year now, I have gotten, and maybe he said over a month. I I get it confused. I can't remember. Let's just say a month to be safe. He said over, it's got to be longer than that though, because I know why, but he said every single time for months, Saturday night until three o'clock, Sunday morning, a.m., I fight the demonic. I am under, no, my church doesn't know. Only one lady on our staff who's kin to him knows. It's his sister, and he says, I am in constant battle I'm under such an attack in my mind. And the attack just constantly keeps telling me, you're doing a bad job. Listen, this is one of the most secure guys I've ever met in my life. And he's under this great mental battle. It's real. It's happening. We, we, get, we get to the place where we get weary in our mind. And when he said that, I thought the same thing. I thought, man, how many people walked in here today that are under tremendous mental attack. So how I got the sermon, we'll go back to it. Just remember verse 1, and we'll go back there in a second. Barry had no idea, so he picked the song list, and we sang the second song called Build My Life. You can put that down if you want to, man. Um, It's not for them to put it down. It's for my ADD. I'll focus on it. (laughs) And so at men's conference the second night, the minister walks up, And the band had just sang that song, and he was about to preach, and he stopped. And he said, I want us all to sing that again. And and we begin to sing these lines. Holy, there is no one like you. Have we forgotten that? There is none beside you. Now, here's the line that jumped off my heart where this sermon came from. Open up my eyes in wonder. We get so churched. We get so, we come in, we come out, we come in, we come out. This is what we do. This is part of what we do. We lose the wonder of Almighty God. Because we're on our mind and our eyes are focused on Uzziah dying. We're focused on the things in our life that are not where we want them. Not where we need them. And we come in with a heavy heart. And we come in discouraged. And we leave discouraged. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart. I hope every time we sing this song, this altar fills up with people that just want to say, I'm taking a break to just tell you you are holy. (laughs) We want his heart. Lead me in your love to those around me. Did you notice how in the progression of Isaiah 6, after God got his eyes right and his mouth right, Then he said, now it's time to get sin. 
A lot of people don't have their eyes right or their mouth right, and they want to be going to do stuff for God, and they get in all kind of trouble. You've seen it. I've seen it. You know, they cuss out people on Facebook, and then the next day they put their verse of the day up. <laughs> I'm not really saying amen to that. I'm, sometimes you want to say, oh, me. You might not use the cuss words, but you might, you know. We've been there. She's saying, through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well. Listen, this, this sermon, when God began to give it to me, that Thursday night when we were singing that, the Lord spoke to me and said, extol. Psalms 30, verse 1. I didn't give it to him. I will extol the Lord. My enemies did not triumph over me. I will extol the Lord. Now, why didn't it say praise? Why didn't it say magnify? It has many times. It said extol him. That means that the circumstance did not change. But you changed. You decided, the word extol when you break it up, you decided to grab God and decided willingly without feeling or emotion and put him back at the center of the circumstance. It's totally different than just magnifying him because a lot of times we magnify God in the good times. Extol is my circumstances have not changed, but I have decided and I've seen God. And no matter what happens in my life, if it keeps getting worse and Uzziah stays dead, I will magnify, but I will extol the Lord. I will put him up into place. I will keep him there. And guess what? Now Isaiah's mouth can talk. He's awesome. He's holy. There is none like him. He's set apart. There is no God but our God. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the goodness of God. He said, David said, my foot was going to slip. I was almost gone. I was feeling the pressure and the attack, and I was feeling like I was backsliding. But he said, but I planned on seeing the goodness of God in the land of the living. I will see his goodness. I'll declare his works. Some of you need to, this is the most spiritual thing for me and you we need to shut up. Throw it away. And once we get our eyes fixed, then we can open our mouth again. Once he takes that coal, you think God just did that for Isaiah? No, no, no. We are children of God. Some of us need to say, God, I need you to take that hot coal that's covered with the blood of a sacrifice, but this is the eternal sacrifice. And I need you to burn my lips again on fire with the, just talking about the praises of you. Just magnifying you. Oh, I'm just magnifying. See, I've gotten so used to saying magnify. I need to start saying extol. I extol you, God. Oh, I don't feel you. No, it's not going my way. Listen, I thought about Tanya and James today. God told me as they were standing there, you go tell them they're going to have a baby. And I said, Lord, no way. I was going through the rejection of losing babies, and so was my wife. I thought, I will not get their hopes up. And he said, I'm telling you, you go declare over them that God's going to give them a baby. I saw him in the nursery today. He's a speed racer, baby. I told them they better get ready. He's about to start running. He's crawling everywhere. I love it. I take it serious. 
It means when you don't have the baby yet, you got it stolen anyway. You got, I've been there. It's hard and you're mad and you're mad at the very one that's going to give you the baby anyway. Oh, we're real talking now. And you got to choose. I love, I love, me and you got to talk about the word extol song. I love, the, the, just in my mind, it means I just scoop down and say, man, I've let God slip out of place and I put him back in place above all things. That's why Job extolled the Lord. He said, though you slay me, though I've lost everything, I will trust you. You have given and you have taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord God. And then you know what? His mouth was so good. He looked at his wife and said, oh, so we're going to be those people. So when we get the blessing of God, we serve him. And when we don't get the blessing of God, we lose him. No, no, no. We're not those people. Some of you need to look in the mirror. And so do I and say, we are going to extol the Lord. It is a habit to be negative, and it is a habit to give praise. The Lord can help us. I'm telling you, you can get your mind where you see. Listen, I don't even watch the news anymore. A friend of mine came into work this week and said, Hoover High School had a threat. And I said, really? He was like, where have you been? I was like, not watching that. Now, when I have kids, I probably will watch that. But... I want to know, I'm not sitting there, going to school, right? It's a threat. No, but man, you, you got to watch what you fill your, your mind with. Because it's so easy when it's not going your way to just start smash talking. I'm telling you all, I was up at three something this morning and I was empty. We started singing and I thought, man, I don't even know. I looked at Bethany before the service and said, I don't even know what I'm going to preach. I'm empty. And we started singing Build My Life. And I knew then that's the word. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody today is discouraged. And I knew this wasn't going to be a long one. I came up here to sit and pray, Ronnie, and I sat up here. And about after five minutes, you've been, I've been doing it for so long, I knew the word ain't coming right now. <laughs> And as I told Bethany, I said, I'm coming home. She said, what? And I was like, yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no breakthrough. It's just I've learned. I could sit up here for another hour, and all, all I'll do is scroll Facebook. <laughs> and we begin to sing that. I will build my life. Upon your love, it is my firm foundation. Hallelujah. Now, listen, I'm, I'm one of those I, by nature, I am asking God to change me. I told my granddad today, I said, if you take out the month Riley was born, I've been pastoring for five months. I was like, there's some people that are going to need to show me a little bit of mercy and grace because I'm figuring this thing out. Sometimes I'm stepping when I should have stepped backwards. I'm stepping forward. Sometimes I should have gone left and I should have gone right. Just give me a second. I'm going to keep extolling God. I'm going to keep his promise in my heart. He spoke over this church that if we would stay united, that he would do wonder works in our life. I'll never forget it. It was in one of the greatest services I've ever been in. We were all shouting and rejoicing. And all of a sudden, at one time, complete silence struck the room. And the word of the Lord came to all of us. This is if you'll stay united... So what is the devil going to attack? 
our unity. He wants us to talk about what we don't like, what we should do. Listen, now that I've pastored for five months, nobody would ever want to pastor. It's true. It's really true. My grandmother, where's Nana? When I told her the night I was 19 years old and got up, I'd been at the altar for hours. And the Lord called me to preach and I went to her and I was like, hey, God's called me to preach. She started bawling and went in her room and closed the door. I was like 19. I was like, oh, man, I thought she was going to be happy for me. She knew. Right now, half of you are saying, we're moving too slow. We need to change some stuff. We need to do this. Another half of y'all are going, man, he's moving so light speed. And I'm in the middle going, I don't know what to do. I heard somebody the other day, I thought you were going to make changes and modernize some things. Listen, if I did that, half the church would be gone. It'd be moving too fast. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do. We got these things. So I'm just kind of waiting if you're wondering what I'm doing. I laughed and said, y'all got to vote on me again in a year. I better not do anything for a year. <laughs> then you got half saying, we didn't do nothing that year. <laughs> the other half says, he's wonderful. He hasn't done anything. <laughs> That's where I am. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, sometimes you have to go heal from sheep bite. It hurts. This is a great church, by the way. I don't want you to think that at all. This is an amazing church. I thank God for it. I'm just saying, sometimes you've got all these things in front of you, and it's, it's true with everybody, not just pastoring. You need to stop and take a second. Isaiah was interrupted by an encounter. That's what you need to see in Isaiah 6. I'm not going to go through this. I'm telling you, most of you can quote Isaiah 6. Before you can get to the scent, listen, we are called to be sent. I heard Bethany when I was kneeling at the altar behind me praying and I heard her and I heard her say, we've got to go. Like we got to get charged up and we got to go tell the lost this thing is coming to an end. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming. It's nearer than when we first believed. It's coming. It's happening. We got to go. You cannot go when God is in the wrong spot. Did Isaiah love God? Absolutely. Before that, by the way, he had just prophesied the return of Jesus Christ. God was using him. Some of us are being used by God. He needs to stop us for a second and say, stop working and start just, just taking a second and just think about me. Yeah. Be still and know that I'm God. You know that thing that you've talked to all your friends about that bothers you, that upsets you, that you wish at work this would happen and you wish this would change and you're casting all your cares on your friends, they can't change it. Now they can pray and there's power in that. Thank God for praying, friends. But man, you got to get and just stop for a second and say, you got me here. You got me here. I'm comfortable here. Not too comfortable because you're going to send me. But I'm going to take a second and just breathe with you. I love it. That's prayer. That's all it is. Is this inhaling from him and exhaling back to him. And that's how it is. A lot of Christians look really weird because all they do is blow out. They grop and complain to God. And pass out. 
They never stop. I'm serious. When's the last time you just stopped and said, I'm not asking you for anything. I just need to breathe. I need to remember that Uzziah was not the king of Israel. He was a fill-in. For my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. His eyes got back up, the one that can part the Red Sea. If you're in bondage to sin today, you listen to me. Jesus Christ is freedom. You do not have to leave the way you came in chains and bondage. You can be free. Just breathe him. The anointing breaks the yokes of bondage. I've never one time prayed, God, give me, maybe when I was way younger, give me a great word for the people. It's the anointing. Don't let them see me. Don't let them hear me. That anointing will break yokes of bondage in people's lives. They will leave here going, whoa, I feel a freedom. Hopefully what we leave here today is, is God, I have been way too focused on the circumstance. I'm going to stop that and I'm going to pick you back up and I'm going to extol you. Listen, when's the last time? I have to ask myself that, Aaron. I know like this week you were flying in and out and it's busy and we have busy lives. We're like, when are we going to stop? you got to just take just a second and say, i got to stop. i got to just think about him. He's high and lifted up. I've got to stop and think he loves me. He's working all things together for my good. I love you, Lord. I exalt you, Lord. I ex- Hopefully now we start saying, I extol you. Oh, I don't feel it, but I extol you anyway. Because you're worthy. Amen. You know what he'll do then? All that stuff you're concerned about, he'll dispatch angels. You'll start to see angelic presence move. Talking to Brother Butch Summers, a lot of you know him. Absolutely love Brother Butch Summers. And he looked at me and said, Jonathan, I pray for you all the time. And I said, you do? And I said, I appreciate you, Brother Butch. And he said, I know what it's like to work a secular job. And your only day off is Saturday. And you have to study for your two sermons that day. And then you got to get to church and you preach all day. And he said, I know what it's like to sit in your shower with the hot water over your face going, I can't go to church today, Lord. I'm tired. I can't preach this. I'm worn out. He said, I'm praying for you. And I thought, that's not just me. Everybody in this room, you've got, you're probably worn slap out. Our lives are busy. And there's times where we have to. I love that Gardner First Baptist calls their service, midweek service, Oasis. Come just drink it in. Come just get revived. I mean, that's truthfully, anybody's Monday and Tuesday not heavy enough to need a little reviving on Wednesday? Normally by Tuesday, I'm on, the tank's already on E. (laughs) I got to get some... If, if you're driving anywhere in this new traffic with all this road construction, man, I can feel from full to E before Monday at 8 o'clock. I can feel the drain happening. You, just, you know, you hear yourself say words like stupid and moron, and you want to like, Lord, help me. Where are the, I love these people. Why am I saying this? You need that oasis. Listen, I'll say this, and we're 15 minutes before 12, and I think we've had a glorious day in the Lord. And I think tonight we're going to do what they did in Acts, break bread together and have fun. I love it. I'm excited. I'm so thankful for all the hard work that they've done. 
Joyce, here, Jim. But we have to have those oases away from church. Listen to me. There are times where I've missed it. There's times where I missed it. And when I go back to God, I didn't miss it because of any reason but one. I had not taken the time to just stare at him. I had not taken the time to remember that every single person that you're going to deal with is a person just like you. And I've got to get refreshed. I, I want you today, I want them to sing that song again. I want us to sing Build My Life. And I want us just to stare again at him. I want us just to remember, God, we're going to pick. We've, we've, listen, it's okay to tell God you've sinned. Yes. When you see him, you should. Yes. See, that's why you can't have pride in your life. Because see, when the presence of God shines, see, we've almost got it weird. We're like, people are like, man, preachers shouldn't really go down and kneel at the thing. And I'm like, preachers should go kneel down more than anybody. I know preachers. He chose the foolishness to preach. The worst of the worst are preachers. And we've made this place where when God's presence comes, we're like, people might think I'm a sinner if I come down. Listen, no, 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 no. We all are in a constant process of sanctification, getting closer to Him and getting closer. You know what it's good to do sometimes when you're staring at Him and you extol Him? Then you got to say, I've got unclean lips. But I want you to notice something else. He wasn't judging. When he encountered God, he realized there's a commission. He said, and oh, God, forgive everybody else. Love came with it. He said, God, their sins are tripping them up. Not their sins and their judging. Their sins, God, are keeping them from you. Not just forgive me, Lord. Don't just forgive me and my family. God, I pray that you forgive us as a church. If, we've not, if we just haven't opened up our eyes, that song, and wonder. I'm so glad that preacher stopped and didn't preach. And he said, let's sing it one more time. Now, me being super spiritual, when I was like, oh, man, just get to the preaching. That's exactly what I thought. Be frank with you. I was like, dude, just preach the sermon already, bro. And we started singing it. Sid's laughing because he knows me. He knows that was my commentary in my mind. And he starts to sing. And he starts to sing it. And God was like, oh, get with the word already, huh? What about you just stopping and being in wonder at the presence of God? My favorite favorite scriptures is where it says God breathes stars and now our technology is trying to catch up with God <laughs> how many years since he formed every star and hung them and nails them by name are we trying to get telescopes to them and we're sending things and our God breathes stars and we're coming into church worried about some little problem with somebody and the God, if we would stop and look at him, he'd be like, if you don't think I can breathe a star, I'll breathe it for you. I'll part the Red Sea for you. Just get back in wonder of me. Hallelujah. Amen. I was thinking about I was thinking about my dad. Me and dad are on the big side of life, and we're happy about it. But we've got this crazy ability with our hand-eye coordination. Like I was telling them we were doing this at work. We were trying to hit a Nerf gun, dart being shot, and hit it with a bat. Well, all those guys played Division I college football. I could, me, I could hit it. They're like, whoa, you're hitting that. I'm like, I got, I remember when I was a kid, though, and Dad would win trophies with softball and Alabama Power. There was this awe 
be like, my dad is legit. <laughs> like, if they like, hey, put it on the right field line, he's going to put it on the right field line. They're like, we're going to need you to put it on the left field, right in between the center fielder and the left fielder. That's where that ball's going. If you smash one right back at the middle, his hands are like, whoop, ninja. He just got it. I remember going, whoa. I think sometimes we need to just be like, God, yes. like, whoa. Yes. Yes. Like, Hallelujah. whoa. Yes. See, I came in here very discouraged. I'm sure you probably realized that because Papa turned around and looked at me and pointed when he was singing on time, God, because he loves me. And he's looking out for me. And I said, God, don't let me forget this right here. This is the bear, and this is the lion. And the next time I face a giant, don't let me lose the wonder. I love that story. We hear it too much probably, but man, this kid walked up to a 10-foot maniac and said, I'm going to, I got a rock (laughs) and a piece of leather. This dude's sword weighed three times what David weighed. The guy that carried his armor weighed three times what David, and he has the audacity. He just walks up and says, oh, they're going to eat your inwards today, buddy. The vultures are going to tag you. Now, we read that as a felt board, you know. Wow, David has the sling and, you know, this big. This is real life. Ten-foot dude. And he walks up and says, I'm going to feed you to the birds. You've defied my God. See, that's the one that wrote, I extolled the Lord. Because he did not give me to the hand of my enemies. Oh, all of a sudden, Psalms 30 brings life, doesn't it? Some of you are looking at Goliath today. You need to stop looking at him and get back to extolling the Lord. You say, I don't have much. I don't know much Bible. You know enough Bible to take down the devil. Everybody in this room does. I don't have what everybody else has. I I haven't been in church so long. I hear that all the time. You have enough God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. Get your eyes back on God and the giant will fall. Amen. Everybody stand with me. Hallelujah. David said, I could run through a troop. I could leap over a wall. (laughs) I feel that. What's what's the vision here? The vision doesn't change because the men change. (laughs) If the Lord tarries and I'm dead and gone, whoever's standing in this pulpit, the vision's going to be the same. might be executed a little different. It's the same. What's the game? I am raising up churches in the last days to get my people ready for my second return. spoke that to my grandfather almost 20 years ago. I was at a thriving youth group. We had gone from a little bit to wherever Jessica is, she can tell you. It was like me and Jessica and a couple of kids and all of a sudden we're running 
It's booming. And God brings me here. This morning, he reminded me. I'm raising up churches. That doesn't mean evangel is the church. There's churches across America that have not bowed down. We can't get that Elijah complex like there's only evangel. God's got thousands of people that have not kissed any idols and they serve the Lord. But this is a church. The devil is not going to just let us flow. <laughs> well, if this is God's church, well, you need to read when it happened in Acts. The enemy attacked that church everywhere and everything. Paul even writes and says, this is so sad, but I'm leaving you. He didn't say shepherds are going to attack you. He said, they're going to be sheep and they're going to be in wolves clothing and they're going to come in and they're going to ravage you. There's an attack. But God, God reminded me this morning that this is a special place. And this place is worth fighting for. This is how I fight my battles. How? I get my eyes back up. I extol him. I magnify him. How would you like to go to a church the devil didn't bother? I think you think you would like that, but it would probably scare you. The devil's like, oh, I got them. Don't worry about them. Kind of like I heard a guy say one time, like, how bad was Job's wife? <laughs> oh, I'm going to kill all his family, kids, cattle, but hey, leave her alone. <laughs> I thought that's pretty funny. Get ready for war. I was talking to my mom Sunday night. I'll be honest with you, I was discouraged because my body, I can't get well. It's been an attack, and I thought, God, am I, is there sin? Like, yeah, of course there's sin. There's sin in your life, too. But I thought, is there something like just open sin? What is it? And I came across a guy named Evan Roberts. He was the pastor of the Welch Revival. And they said there were months at a time where he couldn't even go to church. He would be so sick. The attack was on him so strong. So me and mom were talking Sunday night. I had to leave church Sunday night because I was so sick and such under some kind of oppression and attack. I was so discouraged because I'm like, Lord, I'm, I feel what you're wanting to do there. That's when he began to remind me it's a special place. And we begin to talk about that movie War Room. If you've never seen War Room, you need to check it out. We're going to go to war here. So I'm going to put some sign-up sheets out. I'm working on them right now. We're going to, for the next three or four weeks, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have somebody or maybe two praying around the clock for a few days. And then we're going to have Tuesday and Thursday, I think what we're going to do is have people set, starting that night after work, to just from their house, from where they are, to begin to pray. Some of you don't know how that we grew from 23 people to this. I'll tell you, it was prayer. It wasn't marketing. It wasn't fancy anything. It was prayer. You're going to have to say, I would rather have you God move and evangel and save and heal and restore than watch TV for two more hours. Yes. Last time we called the church to prayer, I'm telling you, everything in the world that could go wrong went wrong. 
just like attack. Because the enemy, we are going to overcome. We're going to focus back on the king. Hallelujah. You need to read what Isaiah wrote after Isaiah 6. Some of the greatest. Isaiah 53, he prophesied about Jesus. Isaiah 60, he prophesies about the church. He says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord will fill you. He prophesies about the church. He sees a church that they couldn't see. So today, listen, it's not even 12. I want to ask you to come down as they sing in your way. And I just want you to let God put your eyes back up. Let your heart lift back up. Bethany sent me last night a text while she was having her devotion. Uh, Psalms 121. I will lift my eyes to the hills from which comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. The Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. Some of you came here today thinking you're sliding away from God. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. Be confident in this very thing. That he that began a good work in you, he will perform it till the day of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.